Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Couch Rotato Podcast. And on today's show, I am joined by first-time guest Chad and the return of Jason as we discuss ECW's Heat Wave 98. It is the 25th anniversary of the pay-per-view, and we're going to discuss the matches, break them down, give star ratings for each one of the matches, give to you the most extreme moment of the pay-per-view, and we're going to figure out whether this is the greatest ECW pay-per-view of all time. So, after the guitar riff, the Couch Potato Podcast presents to you ECW's Heat Wave 98. Hello and welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. My name is Russ and joining me on today's show is uh, Jason makes his triumphant return to the show. Jason, how's it going, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. And uh, before I introduced uh, our second guest, I am glad that you know how to run modern technology because our second guest is making his first appearance on the show. My brother, Chad. Welcome, Chad, to the show, everybody. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, yeah, go into uh, detail. Uh, why couldn't you figure out Skype? It's pretty simple. I felt like we were trying to teach our mom how to do Skype. <laughs> oh, you're funny. I know I am. I get compliments on it all the time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, no, well, the people want to know why, why couldn't you uh, figure out Skype? I didn't ask that as like a question to make a funny comment, but I people want to know. No, I I'm new to Skype. I don't know. I just I gave up after about five minutes. Five minutes, you quit. <laughs> I'm a I'm a quitter right now. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, we are glad okay. to have you on the show. Uh, it's been a long time coming, so thanks for coming on. I figured. Uh, both of you gentlemen would be the perfect guests for today's episode. Uh, I did not realize this until probably a few days before I reached out to the both of you that uh, Heat Wave 98 from ECW, uh, considered by many to be one of the best ECW pay-per-views of all time, is about to turn 25 years old. Can't Next week. It's been that long. Yeah, I know. Next week. So when we drop this episode... We're recording on a Wednesday night. Should be out by Thursday night. Yeah, it'll be almost 25 years old. Um, me and uh, Chad actually got to attend Heat Wave 98. Uh, I was going to ask both of you guys. Uh, I don't know if we'll venture back into ECW territory. I hope that we do. There's a lot to dig into. But, Jason, I'll start with you. How were you uh, exposed to ECW? I mean, probably the first venture into it was when they showed up on Monday Night Raw and had no, really no idea who these guys were. But Vince was giving them some time on TV. And then the, the pay-per-view commercials would pop up during Monday Night Raw. And back in... 90s, I mean, you really couldn't get ECW regularly on TV unless you were scanning Sports Channel at like 1 o'clock in the morning. That's if you were lucky. You would yeah. catch it at 1 o'clock in the morning. And 
you you would be happen to be scrolling along and you would see this guy cutting a promo and you're like okay i gotta sit and watch this and it was never a set time it was just you got lucky and it was on and really the only thing you had to keep up with it in the 90s was picking up the wrestling magazines at the the grocery store and reading about it Mm -hmm. because i really didn't have the internet until late 98 and I mean, it really wasn't a big thing until the late nineties and that's, and then you would get YouTube and stuff, but really the only thing that you had were the commercials you've seen on raw and the two or three episodes that they were on Monday night raw. Mm-hmm. Um, Chad, what about you? How were you exposed to ECW? 1997 Monday night raw. Well, going back to what Jason was talking about, if you want to go back just a tidbit further, 1996 Mind Games WWF pay-per-view, they were in attendance at that pay-per-view, and they actually got involved of the Savio Vega and the JBL strap match. And that's when Vincent Mann, the crowd started chanting ECW, and Vincent Mann actually talked about a local promotion being infilled up because of where Mind Games was at at the time. Mm-hmm. But going forward, yeah, you know, talking about uh, 97 when they, uh, Jerry Lawler kept talking about, hey, you know, ECW, bring crappy wrestling, all this, inviting them on to Monday Night Raw, and they came, and what else happened was, like, James Potts, you know, always seemed to have, like, a recorded them and we used to go to his house and watch them a lot that's how we always found out about ECW also yeah it but, seemed like he he had like the Midas touch on finding them on TV he would find them all the time and then I remember he got that gigantic satellite before you know like DirecTV had the small like one that they hooked on the uh, the side of your house you had those mammoth ones that could pick up channels in Russia and you know Asia wherever and he would always have access to every single sports channel in the United States. And it would be on different times. Like you could catch it at like 12 o'clock AM on like the sunshine network in Tampa, or you could like wait till two o'clock in the morning and catch it on like empire sports in New York. And that's, that's how I ended up watching it too. I remember before that though, I had uh did a little party and I hung out at a friend's house and I couldn't sleep because he always had this really uncomfortable uh, high to bed. And I remember flipping on his TV. I'm just surfing through the channels and I remember it was the infamous where the Sandman got crucified by Raven. I was watching that thinking like, what the hell is this? Like, why is Johnny Polo like nailing this guy to a a cross? (laughs) And then I fell in love with it after that. And then, of course, I lost track because, like Jason was saying, it was just it was hard as hell to find it around here. But that was a good thing about uh, having a friend that had a satellite was, uh, you know, he would always invite us over. I do blame him for getting me started on smoking cigarettes because I used to chain smoke like a champ over there when we watched it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I fell in love with it. And then uh, eventually, yeah, like Chad was saying, uh, the... Uh, 
Jerry the King Lawler where he got Van Damme involved, and then they did the crossover at, uh, I think it was Living Dangerously, wasn't it? Jerry Lawler. Yeah, I think Jerry that Lawler. Well, yeah, barely legal, yeah. but yeah, it really blended in when uh, Lawler was at Living Dangerously, I think. Because that was the pay-per-view yeah. I remember had uh, Jenna Jameson with the Dudleys on it. I was at her apex as well, but we'll save that for yeah. uh, another episode that we'll bring Chad in on. Um, <laughs> but um, I figured we would just uh, dig into this a little bit. Uh, I was going to try to format this like our movie episodes. Uh, I do apologize to you guys and gals that listen. This could potentially be a train wreck, but you know the awesome thing about train wrecks is you have to sit and watch them anyway. So you can watch us implode or pull a good one out of our ass. Um, the tale of the tape, uh, ECW's Heat Wave 98, took place on August the 2nd, 1998, at the Hera Arena in Dayton, Ohio, which is no longer around. Kind of sad. Had a lot of, of a tornado. Yeah, well, that place was a dump anyways. That thing was oh, really... Yeah, was really falling apart towards the end smelled like piss oh yeah it's like i think like just 20 years of non-stop dude just pissing on oh. the floor just it couldn't handle it Didn't anymore. Give a crack. <laughs> yeah i i remember we went seeing uh i think one of the last things i seen there was green day and yeah like shit was no i went to a golf expo with a friend of ours and like yeah the ceiling was starting to come undone yeah. I'm like, fuck, am I going to die at a golf expo? <laughs> First um, time I went there was 96. I went to see a WCW event. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. The one I didn't get invited to. Um, well, blame that on Frida Pout. Well, I'm not going to blame it on anybody. Okay. Um, the attendance for this was 43... 76. I think uh, the Hair Arena held 5,000 people. So that's yeah. pretty good uh, number of people filling the show. Uh, the uh, gate was $110,000. Uh, looks like they brought home about $57,000 in merchandise revenue. Um, pay-per-view buy rate was uh, approximately 73,000 homes. And you can stream this on the Peacock, or as we like to call it here on the show, the cock. <laughs> Chad, do you watch stuff on the cock? Do you watch a lot of cock? <laughs> All the time. All right. Well, we know you love the cock. Um, <laughs> I figured we would just go into the card a little bit, then we can kind of talk about the matches. Um, we got there a little late. Uh, so we didn't get to see this one. The dark match was Balls, Mahoney, and Axel Rotten versus the full-blooded Italians. Um, then the actual uh, event was uh, Just Incredible versus Jerry Lynn, Chris Candido versus Lance Storm, Masato Tanaka versus Mike Awesome, Rob Van Dam and Sabu versus Hayabusa and Shinze Shinzaki for the ECW Tag Team Championship. Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow. And the final match uh, was the Dudley Boys versus Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman, and Spike Dudley in a Dudleyville street fight. Pretty good card. Yeah. Top um, bottom. Uh, Chad, I'll start off with you. Uh, what's your thought on the card, man? It was a really good card, you know, for first time seeing ECW Live. Hey, you can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, don't forget too. We were we arrived ten minutes too late to actually see. Um, oh, I forget his name now. We New Jack get jumped by New Jack get jumped by the Dudley Boys. Yeah, we did miss that because they, they showed that uh, on the pay per view. It was in between the uh, Justin or no, it's in between the Candido Storm match and the. Uh, Sato Tanaka Mike Awesome match. Yeah, we missed that one. Because that was supposed to be on this card, but they canceled it. Don't yeah, know why. Because New, New Jack had to go to the hospital. I think it was the fact Jack Victory was just fucking out of shape. Yep, it probably was. Because <laughs> Jack Victory, let's be real, looked like he had been out of shape for years. And the only reason he had a job was the fact he could probably get the shit beat out mm-hmm. of him and can come back to work the next day. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, starting off for me, uh, I, at the time I didn't realize that just incredible was the former Aldo Montoya from WWE. Um, I thought just incredible and Jerry Lynn was a hell of a way to start the card off. I mean, that was a really good match. Uh, I did notice like when I watched it the other day that, uh, part of just incredible's entourage was Nicole Bass and Joey styles who, I don't think it's enough credit for being a phenomenal play-by-play man. I think he's probably one of the best to ever do it, really, and he did a lot of those solo. Oh, yeah. Um, he's outstanding mm. to do most of that stuff by himself. I mean, he did have people in later in his ECW career, but a lot of people don't realize he did a lot of that stuff just him. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, he's he's one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, he made that comment about Nicole Bass about being larger or bigger than China. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Jerry Lynn's always been like, you always knew you were getting a good match with Jerry Lynn. And actually, it's funny that uh, at the time, like you didn't know that Jerry Lynn was going to eventually be like one of the top guys in ECW down the road. Yeah. Still, like the greatest, I think one of the greatest feuds in ECW history is Lynn versus RVD. Oh, without a doubt, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I would maybe lean towards the Sandman and Raven, or the Dudleys and the Gangsters, but yeah, I don't know. Chad, what did you think about that first match? What are your thoughts? Just, just a phenomenal cruiserweight going at it. Can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I was I was watching it the I was watching it the other day at work and it's just like to me it was one probably the best one of the best matches on the card. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Any, anything else, Chad? No. Okay. Well, we didn't bring him on here to like just bog it down with words. Chad cuts straight to the point and gives you his. Expert analysis in as few words as possible. Thanks, Chad. Oh, you're welcome. But uh, I was uh, a little shocked at the second match. Uh, oh, well, we'll get into it before we do. Uh, what would, out of the four stars, what would you give Jerry Lynn and uh, Justin Krebs? What would you give that match? I'd we'll do this three. too. Three and a quarter. Three, three. three quarter. Yeah. Okay, so you, you, Chad, you said three and a quarter. Yeah. 
All right, uh, so we're on the Ed McMahon scale. That's how you're grading these matches. Three and a quarter stars. You move on, yeah. And then, Jason, you <laughs> what'd you give it? Th- I gave it three and three quarters because, I, I mean, to start off with the pay-per-view with that, and, I mean, granted, we didn't know at the time that they were going to become what they become because, I mean, Just Incredible was still – I think he was only a year in the ECW at that time. And yeah, Jerry I see. Lynn, yeah. Well, then, I mean, yeah, uh, the following year, him and Lance Storm were main eventing Heat Wave 99, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah that was him and uh, two of them against Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that was something else I was going to bring up. I mean, these guys were the opening match this in this year's pay per view. And then the following year, they ended up main eventing. Mm hmm. And I mean that year that the two of those guys had. I mean the matches against Van Dam, and then Just Incredible uh, was getting ready to, to to move on to the main event. Um, and I mean he ended up being a, a world champion. Jerry Lynn ended up being a world champion. I don't think you know if if you would have saw those two guys on the card in '98, do you think? Oh, hey, these guys are going to be the future. And then they go out there and they just kill it. And very next year, they're main eventing. And then they're moving on to the main events. And I mean, those matches, Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam, you always looked for. I mean, that was 30 to 45 minute classics every single time. Mm. And, you know, just incredible. His, you know, feuds with. Uh, dreamer and I mean and then he had the impact players with Lance Storm I mean those were just the guys that you love to hate and mm. I mean he played that that character perfectly and I just thought I, you, you really can't start a pay-per-view better than that yeah yeah I really think that uh following this uh, I would say if you went from 98 to 99 uh, I think that Lance Storm and Just Incredible were probably the MVPs of ECW. I mean, they weren't like the guys that like they weren't RVD, they weren't Tommy Dreamer. But I think if you can put them in a match with anybody, you were always going to get something solid out of both of them. Yeah, and uh, I think it's something that Paul Heyman I always gets credit for, and I don't know why the WWE doesn't try to utilize this more with him. But Paul mm-hmm. Heyman was always able to get the absolute best out of. Let's be real, like Jerry Lynn, Just Incredible, those guys were never going to be WWE stars. Just yeah. Incredible had his chances, Aldo Montoya, but instead they put him in that jockstrap mask and he oh, flamed out. But, <laughs> well, I mean, Jerry Lynn, the thing with Paul Heyman is he highlights what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I mean, Jerry Lynn was never great on the mic. So what do you do? Don't let him talk, but let him wrestle for 45 minutes. Let him show what he can do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, every time he went out there, he, he performed. And I mean, you can't say he didn't. <laughs> yeah. And Jerry Lynn's now, I think it's a road agent for AEW. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he got put through a table earlier in the year. Um, actually he was on this, uh, dynamite tonight. He's wrestling next week. I'll say, see, I'm not watching Dynamite right now. Really? Yeah. He's wrestling uh, Jungle Boy. 
Okay. I'm going to have to tune in for that one just for nostalgia yeah. purposes. Yep. Um, Chad, do you have anything you want to add to the just incredible Jerry Lynn match before we move on? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm all right. Like, Fair I'm enough, watching, Chad. I'm, I'm, I'm actually watching it right now. Okay. Well, uh, just chime in whenever you feel like it. Okay. Jump into the conversation <laughs> when you're feeling froggy. Um, I'd say, yeah, three, three and a half stars. We'll meet in the middle. Give this one a three and a half star rating out of four. Definitely worth it. Great way to kick off the show. Well, Go ahead. well I'll tell you what. Here, here's a little quick fact, though. I was reading about Jerry Lynn, and remember, he was in WCW, Mr. JL. He was wrestling in Japan, then come over to WCW. And the reason why he ended up at ECW was because he had an injury. And Bischoff did his, what well, he does great, is fire you. Always fire the wrestler when he's hurt. Mm-hmm. That's, that's bullshit right there. Well, I that's mean... The reason why he, that's the reason why he ended up in ECW. Well, you know, uh, it's like they, the old adage is one man's trash is another man's treasure. Of course, Paul Heyman was able to cultivate some of those guys and turn them into stars, and they went and got paid elsewhere. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. All right. The uh, second match on the card was Chris Candido versus uh, Lance Storm. I think this was the continuation of uh, the feud that Lance Storm had with the triple threat. Because, uh, yeah, he was originally a, uh, an, a probationary member of the triple threat, and then they ended up kicking him out when Bam Bam rejoined. Yeah. And then uh, him and uh, Candida were feuding for a while. Uh, got a, a nice little surprise. Uh, Sonny came out with uh, Candido. Uh, Sonny, who looked like she hadn't slept in a few days on this pay-per-view. She, she looked high. She probably was. Uh, for those of you that have watched uh, Dark Side of the Ring, uh, her, her and Chris Candido's story was, I believe, the first episode of the, this latest season. Yeah. Uh yeah, she's yeah. definitely had her uh her demons over the years. Uh did not look to be in the best shape. Uh this was another uh pretty good match though. Um yeah, I it was, it was solid. Yeah, um I don't think it was one of their best, but it was still solid for the number two on the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's something that Chris Candido, I don't think, ever really got credit for. He was actually a pretty solid hand. Yeah. I mean, he would not always put on like a five-star classic, but you never really got a bad match out of him. And as you and all, you and I, Chad kind of just, just not even here, he's just chiming in from time to time. Uh, Lance Storm well, uh, definitely. No, I was here. I, I was here. I read something to people that. Okay. Why they were why they were, you know, feuding and stuff. Okay, go right ahead. It, it, it took place at the Hostel City Showdown with the Triple Threat, Douglas, Candido, and Storm competed in the handicap match against Bigelow and Taz. At the end of the match... Yep, I remember this now. Yeah, Bigelow turned on Taz while Candido turned on um, Lance Storm. Yep. And then their partner, Douglas, reformed a triple threat with Candido and uh, Bigelow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, uh, they had just had uh, an actually a really good world title match at November to remember. That was the one where I think Douglas, yeah, Douglas regained 
the ECW title from Bam Bam in Pittsburgh. Well, it wasn't in yeah. Pittsburgh. It was like a town close to Pittsburgh, but that's splitting hairs. Stranton. Probably Stranton. Um, but yeah, this was a solid match. Uh, I mean, I would say it's probably the least memorable of uh, the main matches on here. Um, I would, if we're going to give this a star rating, I would give this probably a two and a half. Solid, but nothing spectacular. Yeah, they had better matches. Um, Still a good one, but yeah. um, Man, it's just looking at that and thinking like, man, what? Uh, Chris Candido could have he could have he deserved better. Mm. I'll say that. And I mean, it's just it's a shame he's not here any longer. Um, man, it's just I, he was better than people realized, and I kind of wish he got the recognition that he he deserved. And I mean, looking at the the triple threat, I, that just I, I think that faction doesn't get mentioned enough. I mean, it was perfect amount of people in a group and you had the it was just the you had your world champion and Shane you had your muscle and Bam Bam and you had your up and comer and, and Candido and two of the three are no longer here and that just it sucks I think all three of them really deserve better than what they got out of wrestling I I, for one, and Chad will uh, know this, I was a huge Shane Douglas fan. As a matter of fact, that, uh, that show I bought, the Triple Threat, the yellow shirts that you see peppered throughout the uh, the audience, and I, I owned that, and yeah. then Chad eventually checked it in, and I'd never seen it again. Hey. <laughs> Do you still have that shirt? No. It got holy. <laughs> Became your church shirt, huh? Yeah, basically. All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing spectacular with this match. Uh, I'd give it two and a half. Jason, you said about two and a half. Yeah, I'd give that way. Uh, Chad, uh, what do you give? Uh, Same about two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, that's that's about solid, uh, about the standard. I mean, it's like I said, there's nothing to really write home about with this. But this next match, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I was not really familiar with the promotion at the time. And uh, now thanks to the, the internet, you're able to read up on this. Uh, and there's actually a dark side of the ring. I think it was from last season about the, the founder of uh, FMW uh, Onita, but uh, they had a working relationship with ECW. And if I'm not mistaken, this next matchup, uh, Masato Tanaka versus Mike awesome. These two guys were on loan from FMW and they put on this match. If anything sums up ECW, it's this match right here. Spots galore. Just two guys beating the fuck out of one another. Yeah. And I'll say like, if you've never seen one of their matches, go to YouTube 
and put that in. And I mean, you're going to be entertained for 15 to 20 minutes. Even if you watch their uh, WWE one night stand, like that was probably 10 minutes of nothing but I'm going to knock the piss out of this guy Mm -hmm. back and forth. And every single match that they had, like, was was just that it was how hard can can you be hit and can you still get up <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, i know at the time like i know the undertaker and deservedly so gets a lot of uh praise for being a very agile big man but watching mike awesome do his thing yeah. dude's almost 300 pounds he's built probably i would say physique wise he's probably kind of kane's build yeah flying through the air he did you know over he flew over the top rope just incredible incredible matchup chad what do you got to say about this one he was the county fair wrestler wasn't he that's what Mike we refer Austin? that's in the crowd that's what we referred to him as was the county yeah, fair wrestler true. because he's got a he had a beautiful mullet Oh, it's 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 long and beautiful. Right I mean, now. if I could grow, like I don't have a lot to work with up top anymore. My hair it looks like an old abandoned baseball field. There's like patches of grass growing in the infield. Um, but if I could, <laughs> I would totally rock that mullet. Yeah, that mullet was sweet. It was a beaut. <laughs> that alone <laughs> gives it five stars. But yeah, so it's like, so like you said though, for a big guy, he was he has some agility on him. Oh, for fly sure. The air like there's no fly through the air like there's no tomorrow. And you know, we were discussing briefly like some of the best feuds in ECW history. This one has to be in the conversation too. Oh, without a doubt, these guys always stole the show. Yeah, you knew you were getting something special when you see these two names on the card. It didn't matter where they were at on the card. You just knew somebody was getting the fuck beat out of them. Mm -hmm. And you're probably going to see something where you're going to wonder, is that guy dead or is that guy paralyzed? Mm -hmm. And I know the match really doesn't, hasn't aged well just from like the amount of just brutal chair shots they take. Yeah. But I mean, Mm -hmm. some of those chair shots are, Absolutely sickening hearing that thud, but still an incredible, incredible match. Uh, we will award the match of the night later on in the episode, but I think this is probably probably the leader in the clubhouse right now so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Uh, but um, if I'm going to rate this one, I am going to give it a good... Uh, Four and a half out of five. Oh, it's definitely getting four and a half. I would give it five because I I think five is like that's like Shawn Michaels Undertaker WrestleMania is a five. Austin yeah. and Brett from WrestleMania thirteen is a five, but this is a four and a half. Okay, yeah, I can live with that. Chad, like you said man. Like Tanaka, man, picking him up and just power bombing him over the top rope. Like Jason said, three hundred and thirty pound guy. 
that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there comes another kick. Um, 5'11", 202 pounds. Yeah, I mean, he looked like he looked like a child compared to Mike Awesome. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you this much. Masato Tanaka, if you were to see that fucker in the streets, you'd probably walk the other way. Like, yeah, fuck that. (laughs) Yeah, he was 5'10", but that dude was built like a fucking trash, like a trash barrel. Yeah. Like, he was all, like, uh, you know, uh, Anger Man, where he uh, he says he's a man made out of metal and bronze. That describes fucking Masato Tanaka. Yeah, you can't hurt him. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely the match of the night so far going into it. Um, but now we're getting into the point of the show. Uh, pretty much the three matches that everybody paid their money to see. Um, we got uh, Hayabusa, who was... Uh, Pretty much, according to the uh, the Dark Side of the Ring special about Onita, was the uh, the wrestler picked to take over the mantle as like the the guy in FMW. Uh, an incredible wrestler. He uh, kind of reminds me a lot of like he had a lot of uh, luchador. Yeah. A lot of he reminded me like kind of like Ultimo Dragon. I get a lot of vibes from Ultimo Dragon with his look, but an incredible wrestler from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Shinzei Shinzaki, if I think I pronounced it right. It wouldn't be an episode if I didn't fuck somebody's name up. Uh, a lot of you old school wrestling fans will remember him as Hakushi in the WWE. He was the uh, the wrestler that had the, uh, the Japanese writing all over his body. Uh, also a very good wrestler. Uh, don't know why he failed in WWE. Still blows my mind how that, they fucked that up, but... They tend to do that more often than not. Uh, they are challenging for the ECW World Tag Team Championships uh, held by Sabu and Rob Van Dam. Uh, gentlemen, thoughts on this matchup? Looking at looking at those belts, did Paul Heyman buy those belts and redo them? Because the tag team belt looks like the old Intercontinental strap. And the world television title looks like the old Wing Eagle belt. Well, I, I think that's what it is. I mean, they, they never really went and had their own special belts made. They just kind of copied everybody else's. Which is, I was running a promotion like that. That's what I would do. I'd bring back the titles that I fucking like. Like, if I had a... My... Mid card title, it would look like the old Intercontinental Championship. This was the longest match on the card. This lasted twenty one minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, to me, it felt like there was something off. Like yeah, there were some really good spots, but then there were also some really sloppy. Like they didn't mesh well together. Yeah, I think and, that's. Uh, go ahead. I'll let you finish your thought. No, I, I, you know, it's just usually when you get a Rob Van Dam match, you know, you're going to get a classic, and this just wasn't it. And I, I just really think it was the the two teams didn't know each other. There was a feeling out process that never really went through, and it was just kind of it, it felt. I mean, yeah, it was the longest card on the match, but it felt really rushed and 
it it just never I don't think it ever really hit the the spots that it was supposed to it, it just didn't feel feel like a good match at all. Mm-hmm. Um I I agree with you. I think it was really good up until like the last I don't know 6 7 minutes of the match it starts to get real sloppy and I think that's what brings it down. Yeah. Like I, think oh, it does take time. I think they're trying to go ahead Chad. No, it does because I was watching the last last you said 10 10 to 15 about the last 5 minutes of it. They did a table spot where they put both of um, the, the Japanese wrestlers on the table and both, both Sabu and Van Dan did their moves and it, it was just off. The table never broke or nothing. It was just, it was just an off. Well, it wouldn't it, be an ECW pay-per-view without you know, one of the tables not breaking the way it was supposed to. Uh, yeah. if, if, I give, if I gave it out of five stars, I'd probably only give it a three. I didn't think it was that great of a match. Yeah. It was entertaining, but it wasn't that. It's like you said, it missed the spots a lot, especially that last seven to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say this is considering the the talent involved. It was a little disappointing. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if they would have had a rematch at November to Remember, which I believe was the next pay per view after this one, I think they could have put on a classic if because then they would have uh, had a chance to. You know, at least they had the heat wave match under their belt to kind of feel each other out. Because I don't believe that in ECW that they really, because I know in WWE they're kind of notorious for, you know, like for big events, they'll come to the arena hours before the show. They'll kind of like map out the match. And I, I think this what would have been one of those ones they just kind of called on the fly. Yeah. The person the is very entertaining in the whole match with Bill Alfonso. That's right, Daddy. I tell you what, though, man, watching his teeth in fucking high definition, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> does it remind you of Uncle Dickie? Yeah, he reminded us of uh, an old, uh, an old uh, friend's uh, uncle. Uh, also looked like he had sticks at Lando Lakes for teeth. <laughs> and... Bill Alfonso is no different, though. Inter- I, I, I liked Fonzie, though. I mean, he got on your nerves with that fucking whistle, but I think he was awesome. Um, gentlemen, what would you give this uh, as a star rating? Uh, two and a half to three out of five. Yeah, I would I would give it a, a, a two and uh, three quarters. Okay. Simply because it got it. I think it. I see what they were trying to do because I think if it wouldn't have been so sloppy, I think it could have easily been the match of the night. And I did think that that was the match of the night for the longest time. I loved this match when I was younger, but now going back and watching it now, I'm just kind of like, eh, it was okay, but nothing, nothing exciting. Our Rob Van Dam has tons, tons of classics in ECW. I highly recommend if you have access to the cock, check it out, see what they've got. Got in their sack. They got tons of RVD stuff, but this is not one of the ones I would check out first. Yeah, Chad, what did you give this match? I gave it three. A three? Yeah. Is that because of how it started, like the potential and how it started out good, and it just kind of 
basically, it's like you guys said with Van Dam. You knew what you were getting when you were going to watch any of his matches. But it's like you said, it felt rushed. And to me, I don't think Van Dam was... To me, I don't think Van Dam was a good tag team wrestler. He was always a better singles wrestler. Now, I, I'll disagree with you on that one. Van Dam's got some really good tag team matches with Sabu when they were the champs. No, he... But I, I just... To me, I just like Van Dam as a singles Oh, player. yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you could tell, like, by his... Uh, when he came out of the curtain, like, he is by far the biggest star in ECW at this point. He got the biggest pop of the night. Yeah. I mean, I know I was fucking jazzed to see him, too. He was like, oh, shit, it's RVD. My 17-year-old self. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the next match is the co-main event. Uh, this match is... I think the A story that uh, ECW had going on at the time, uh, this was Taz, who was trying to chase Shane Douglas. He wanted to be the ECW world champion, but uh, either by injury or just cowardice, he kept evading Taz. uh, And then uh, basically, uh, this is the culmination of uh, his feud with uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, which... A few months prior in Living Dangerously, they had a uh, popular spot which was featured in the the show opening up, I think up until the time ECW quit running. Uh, uh, Taz going through the ring, basically Bam Bam Bigelow jumps on top of him and they go through the ring. Huge spot there. Um, Shane Douglas, who I failed to mention, is uh, in the building. He's doing commentary with Joey Styles during this. Um, but this is the culmination of this feud. Uh, guys, what what do you think about Taz versus Bam Bam? Great feud. Great feud. In fact, you said it was the common, it, it was the start to get to Shane Douglas. Like you said, Shane Douglas was avoiding him at all costs. They want nothing to do with him. So he put all his goonies, Taz, I mean, uh, Bigelow and Candice, Candido and Chunk to get in his way, so it was a, it was it was a great feud. I loved it because they 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 put on great matches. Yeah, something tells me though that this match was not the original plan. I think that they were originally going to have Douglas versus Taz at this, but um, but that, Douglas, Douglas was out with that arm. Yeah, you seen uh, at the beginning of the show when he came comes out, he's got this huge brace on his elbow, and uh, actually we did a, a meet and greet. We got to meet the triple threat, and he had that his arm in a brace in. So I don't think this was any kind of work. I think this was a legitimate injury. So I, I think that that was they pivoted to Bam Bam versus Taz after they they knew Douglas couldn't go. Did you say Bam Bam Bigelow was an asshole too? Yeah, we actually uh, we got a chance started in line that we kept saying Taz is going to kill you while we're waiting to get his autograph, and he got so pissed off at us that I believe that the picture, the autographs that I got were of Shane Douglas, Francine, and Chris Candido, and Bam Bam Bigelow is featured in this picture too, but we did not get his autograph. And as we were leaving, we found him in a Brooks Brothers shoe store shopping for shoes. <laughs> 
I love Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. Um, but guys, uh, thoughts on the match? Like, Jason, I'll lead off good with that. Yeah, I mean, it was a good match. Um, and like you said, I, I really think that this was supposed to be Taz against Shane. And I mean, this, I think this feud that Taz had really elevated him. And I think that if this would have been Taz against Shane Douglas and he wins the world title, Taz would have been a bigger character because when he finally got to, to wrestle Shane for the title, Taz had kind of like cooled off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Like I always liked Shane Douglas, but sometimes I just felt like, I don't want to say politics, but I really don't think that he ever wanted to to lose to Taz. I, I don't know. I mean, Taz played this tough character, but we all know that's not really the case because apparently Rob Van Dam slapped shit out of me one time. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, as far as just going back to the match, I mean, it was a good match. Um, I, I enjoyed Taz, but Bam Bam was secretly always one of my favorites just because you didn't really see big men at that time with the agility that he had. I mean, moonsaults off the top rope. He's doing cartwheels as a 400 pound man. I mean, I really, <laughs> I really, yeah, I really think he could have been a monster and not just in, I mean, he was an ECW, but you know, Vince put him with Lawrence Taylor. And, I mean, obviously Vince had some kind of faith in him to put him with a high profile athlete. And you know, he had that WCW run that was just absolute garbage. That happened and with a lot of the ECW guys. None of those guys really, I mean, like out of the guys that made their, their name in ECW, like I, yeah. I don't count Jericho and Eddie Guerrero and Malenko, but those guys, because they had kind of, they weren't household names yeah. coming in the WCW. I mean, if you look at it, Lance Storm is pretty much the only one that you could say had a decent WCW career. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, just going back to Bam Bam Bigelow, he's just, again, like Candido, he deserved better than what he got. Mm -hmm. And I just, it just sucks. I mean, he's not here, and I think he could have been he could have been bigger than what he was again. And the Taz feud was excellent on both sides of it. I mean, I think they, they built, nobody lost anything in the feud. I think they both gained. And I mean, it was, it was a good match. Yeah, they tried to replicate the, the spot that uh, they did at Living Dangerously. The cool thing about ECW pay-per-views is they had that 
ramp that old the old NWA pay-per-views had where basically the ramp led right up to the ring. There was no like drop off, which I always dug yeah. that. I don't understand why more companies didn't do that or why they don't do it now. Um, but they did that spot where uh, this time they go through the ramp and then, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty incredible ending. And I, I love the ending where bam, bam comes up and you think like, Oh fuck, here we go again. He Taz is going to lose. And then Taz kind of comes up, almost rises from the dead it's almost like yeah. it's a second wind and they chokes out bam bam. Um I for me this match doesn't quite reach the level of the Living Dangerously match. That was one of my favorite matches of the year. Was that Living oh, yeah. Dangerously match? That was a really good match. And this one doesn't quite live up to that, but I still thought it was a pretty good match. Yeah. Um But yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree with you. I think that uh Taz not getting the belt then cuz they Two, I think they kind of made the mistake because if I remember right, the next pay-per-view was November to remember, and then they tried to do that triple threat versus they were forming like some kind of new faction. It was Sabu, Taz, and RVD. And I think once you included RVD into that, you're taking some of Taz's steam away. I think they should have done Taz versus Shane at November to remember that was their flagship pay-per-view. Why not have that championship match at that event? Unless Douglas still wasn't at a hundred percent and he needed to be in a tag match. To You know, if that were the case, how I think I probably would have booked that at the time, have that, have Taz do a, a, um, a gauntlet match against the triple threat. You have to go through all three of them. And by the time you get to Shane, he doesn't have to do much. And Taz can just, you know, slap the Taz vision on him and and be done with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that the sooner they would have gotten the belt on Taz, the better. I mean, Taz was just, he was red hot at the time. Oh, for sure. For sure. He was probably, like, I don't think he was quite on Van Dam's level, but he was pretty close. Yeah. And that was the top program at the time. So, yeah. I mean, I would like to have seen it, too. It still doesn't take away from this. It was a pretty good match. Uh, what What do you give this uh, match, gentlemen? Out of what? Five stars? Yep. The Couch Potato uh, Five Star. The Five Star uh, rating it's system. Five, it's five. It's probably three and a half. I'd give it about a three and a quarter. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. Yeah. We got to come up with some kind of a name for the for the, the five-star. I don't want to steal Dave Meltzer's thunder. Well, you know what? Fuck Dave Meltzer. I don't like him. He makes up shit. I'm a Sean Ross Sap guy. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we'll like give it five five spuds or something. This is the Couch Potato Podcast. Um, last match of the evening is the main event, the Dudleyville Street Fight between the Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, and Spike versus the Dudleys, uh, which were Devon, Bubba Ray, and Big Dick Dudley. Chaz, is this your first time seeing Big Dick? No, it's not the first time I've seen Big Dick. <laughs> um, if anything, watching this... <laughs> 
if it for this whole match from the beginning from like the entrances of the Sandman and uh up until the end uh not going to spoil anything this was uh Dreamer Sandman and Spike beat the Dudleys at the end of the match we get the Jack Victory run in where he's helping the Dudleys just beat the shit out of the three faces and then we get New Jack popping at the end I think if there, uh, this really shows how shitty it is to watch ECW on Peacock when you don't get Metallica's Inner Sandman for the Sandman's entrance and you don't get Natural Born Killers for New Jack. I fucking hate it. I absolutely hate it. And I almost watched the shit on mute when New Jack came out. I was like, this isn't it. I'm just going to throw my fucking headphones in and listen to the damn song myself. Yep. <laughs> Might as well. Uh, but you guys' thoughts on this one? Oh, it was it was it was great. I love this match, especially just the intro. Just the intro with everybody's favorite Dudley Boys ring announcer, Joel Gertner. Who, if I'm not mistaken, a more than a couple people in our circle of friends say that you used to bear a fair resemblance to one Joel Gertner. I also resemble Michael Andretti too, according to one friend of ours. Well, Michael Andretti wasn't in fucking ECW, Chad. Joel Gertner was. I know. That Joel Gertner was a handsome fellow, though, wasn't he? Why? Why did you not rock the bow tie uh, neck brace look? Well, because I don't know only, if they ever had it. What? Only to pop it off with a uh, a dinner jacket with no shirt on. Yeah, let your chest to pop out. You'd have been swimming in it, Chad. Hey, man, that'd be a good dinner date at Los Mariachis. Yeah, you should have just fucking just went with this gimmick and just rolled with it. I, I think I honestly, I think you'd have more than one child. Hey, I would at least say you'd have a baker's dozen. <laughs> Had to get him a mini bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jason, what did you think about this? Uh, the Dudleyville Street fight. Get away from uh, Chad's uh, sexual prowess. Well, honestly, I was I had this pay per view on Monday while I was working, and I happened to look over, and the Sandman's doing a Hurricane Rana off the top rope. And this made me really feel like this was a, a family reunion fight going on. <laughs> the Sandman has the worst Hurricane Rana I've ever seen. Oh it's fucking God, horrible. It's and it, I I cringe every time I see him do it because I'm a, I, I was like, all right, this is the moment where Sandman fucking kills somebody. Yep. And that's exactly, I mean, it, it felt like old Uncle Jim Sandman. <laughs> Had too much to drink, and he shows up to the to the family reunion with little cousin Spike and and his brother Tommy, and they're picking a fight with the biggest the biggest relatives there are, and then just all hell breaks loose. And I'm, <laughs> I mean, there's not really much to not like about it. I mean, it's just fun, mm-hmm. and it's violent, and it looks like. Uh, one of my 19 early 90s trailer park family reunions. 
Yeah, it. And, ECW is always known for incredible, like in ring action, like the wrestling, and then it's also known for being just absolutely violent. And I think this is the a, a showcase of the latter. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I mean, you kind of see it now with. Uh, with the the blood and guts of the anarchy in the arena that, and I mean, with Tony Khan being a, a huge ECW fan, when you have several different cameras shooting different things, like these guys are over here fighting and these guys are over here fighting. And I mean, that's just, <laughs> it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, that's when you feel like it, you know, is it real? I mean, you know, you kind of get that, that sense of the reality that, you know, these guys are really, really fighting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it was just a fun match. Yeah. I thought it was a good way to cap off the, the night. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a five-star classic by any stretch. Uh, Dudley's awesome as always. Uh, I'll die on the hill that I think the Dudleys are the greatest tag team of all time in professional wrestling. Uh, just between Mike work and uh, incredible opening promo from Bubba Ray Dudley um, where he just insults the crowd where he gets them fired up so much that a fan is willing to come out and fight them. And this is a prelude to what we would get next year, which I found out that he was actually testing this in house shows, which is probably one of the most vulgar promos I have ever heard on a major wrestling promotion. This is probably like never, never show this to your young kids. Like this is like, he is fucking going full out prelude to that. Uh, like Chad touched on, we get, uh, Joel Gertner had his shtick. Uh, played it to a T. Um, then yeah, we get you know the Sandman who Sandman never going to be confused with Dean Malenko, but I always dug what he did. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, the heart and soul ECW, and then Spike. I think they just Spike was always the the guy that they needed to throw around and take bumps. But yeah, it was a solid main event at the end, and then yeah, we everybody gets to go home happy. We get which happened every fucking ECW event. New Jack comes out with his grocery cart, which I'm going to bet is probably stolen from Kroger. His Kroger shopping carts seem to be like stolen all the time. His bag, his cart full of goodies, stop signs, trash cans, kendo sticks. He sometimes would pop out something weird. I think I seen one time he had a microwave. But uh, yeah, the crowd gets to go home happy. Uh, I get did he, it. Did he have a Nintendo in there one year too? Yeah, like I want. Yeah, he had a Nintendo system, and it makes me sad because, like, fuck that thing's probably <laughs> that thing's worth some money now. And he just shattered it all over some dude's fucking head. Probably Jack Victory, for all we know. Jack Victory. Um, I give this one three and a quarter stars. Uh. I, I don't think it's the best match tonight, but it was, it was a cool way to go home. And, like, yeah, Sandman always gets a huge pop. The Dudleys always yeah. get mega fucking heat. Uh, this one also, yeah, like, 
the Delhi boys even got more heat because they put Beulah McGillicuddy out of uh, commission. The, the Joey Styles, Joey Styles hated the Delhi boys so mm. much. Which is Quit funny because later, yeah, which is funny because later on, Joel Gertner becomes his uh, color commentator for uh, the ECW on TNN. Which is what I consider to be the downfall. Like that's when ECW started to go downhill. Was yeah. when they went to network TV. But we'll save that for another episode. Um, I tell you, Tommy, Tommy Dreamer had one of the best pile drivers. Oh, dude, they sold like RVD sold his pile driver like crazy. Like the yeah. only move that I can, I'm probably missing some, but the only move that I see sold better than. RVD selling a, a Tommy Dreamer pile driver is The Rock selling Steve Austin stunner. Yeah. But um, uh, before we got a couple of awards to uh, give out, like I said, this is a, a test run. Hopefully, we can fine tune this. Because uh, I like to do this again, just revisit some old pay per views. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, we'll get this fine tuned. Uh, got a couple fun facts. Uh, the Wrestling Observer newsletter awarded ECW's Heat Wave '98 the best major wrestling show of 1998. Whoa, really? Yeah. Uh, which is uh, this is the height of uh, the the Monday Night Wars too, and uh, yeah, we got the King of the Ring uh, this year. If I'm not mistaken, yeah the 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 Hell in the Cell King of the Ring was this year. Uh, yeah, so I'm trying to think of some other events. I think WrestleMania... Is this WrestleMania 15? 14. 14. Austin wins the title. Yeah, Austin wins okay, the yeah, title. Okay, yeah, we're in the midst of uh, Stone Cold's first round with the title. So, yeah, that's where Tyson That's where Tyson was at. And uh, wasn't this the... Uh, yeah, this was the Halloween Havoc too, where we got Goldberg and DDP, right? That they cut off. Yep, and they they cut the pay per view. Yeah. They cut the pay per view early. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's some and good. They sh- and they showed it on Brock Network TV the next night, saying it wasn't for ratings. I I think we yeah. had quit buying WCW pay per views on a regular basis by then. I think we were strictly a WWE house after like halfway through '98. <laughs> Well, actually, we got the last two in 1998. We got uh, World War Three, and we bought the Well, I'm a sucker for a battle royal. Well, who isn't? But um, the uh, WWE came out with a top 15 pay-per-views of all time back in 2013, and they rated Heatwave 98 number 14 on that list of their 15 greatest pay-per-views of all time. Wow. Yeah. Um, Tammy Lynn Sitch or Sonny is, uh, the casual wrestling fan would know, uh, was released by WWE four days prior to showing up at heat wave 98. Uh, she was apparently let go due to rumors of backstage issues with Rena Mero, who, uh, many people know as Sable, who basically came in and stole her thunder. Like that, that came out like that happened real fast. Yeah, that I think Sonny was every kid's dream growing up. I mean, Sable never really did did anything. I mean, but Sonny was just kind of like the girl next door. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and well until yeah, all you the know. extracurricular activities. I did not know it, but Sonny uh did some adult movies. Yeah. Uh I'm sure you you uh Horny lads listening to the show can find those on Pornhub or any adult site on the old internet. I personally, I've seen what Sonny has looked like in the last 10 years, and that's a road I don't want to go down. Apparently, there's a video where she shits on somebody, too. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That one. <laughs> so, I don't know. I used to be a big Sonny fan as a kid, but like, yeah, now... When I, I just uttered those two words, it's like a little cringeworthy. Uh, she also apparently had a, an addiction to painkillers, too, so that kind of helped uh, get her out the door. But, yeah, man, that what a downfall. The most downloaded woman on the Internet to making fucking shit porno films on the Internet. <laughs> and in prison, I believe. Oh, has she gone to jail yet? Yeah, she's been in there three or four is. times. I think she's currently in for that. Um, was it, that did she uh, like? Accident. Yeah, where she did she kill an elderly man or like severely injure him or? I think yeah, I think whoever she hit ended up dying. I know she's got. I don't know how long in prison, but I think she's been there for. A couple of years now, mm-hmm. or at least a year. I'm going to look that up uh, real quick while I'm uh, going to read this last fun fact of the day. Uh, this is one of the last appearances in ECW uh, from the Sandman. Uh, the following month, he signed a three-year deal with WCW and went on to become... Uh, didn't he become, like, first he was, like, Raven's rich friend? Something like I. There was something with I can't remember exactly what it was with Raven, but it didn't like go over real well. Well, they I know Chastity, who is in this pay per view as well. She was with uh, Just Incredibles Entourage. uh, Was his sister. Yeah, um, I can't remember exactly how they had introduced him, but I do remember when he showed up with the rubber barbed wire wrapped all around himself and calling himself Hardcore Hack. Yeah, he he eventually becomes (laughs) Hardcore Hack. Yeah, that's sad right there. Yeah, well, uh, his run in WCW did not last he rejoins ECW. I don't know. I don't remember whether he got canned or he asked for his release, but uh, he ends up rejoining ECW in October of 99. So he was there for about a year. Uh, yeah, there was no way he could have done anything in, in WCW. I mean, they took, they basically took all his, his gimmicks away from him. But they gave him rubber barbed wire and, and a, a cane mm-hmm. and wanted him just to do hardcore matches. And 
Well, this that was when WCW was trying to like basically come up with their own hardcore division, like WWE had. But instead of just putting current talent in that division, they were just trying to sign ECW guys to fill up that division. Yeah, uh, a waste. Man. Yeah, yeah. It it really showed like him going to WCW really showed his limited skill set and how he really like yeah. You take away the character, there's nothing. Uh, they told him he couldn't smoke to the ring, but they let uh, the giant do it one time, and then they told him he couldn't drink beer on the way to the ring, and then Kevin Nash does it, and it's <laughs> okay. So everybody else can do it, but the one guy whose gimmick it is can't. Mm. And I mean, yeah, I, you pretty much just killed the same man. Yeah, yeah. That that's one. Like there are certain wrestlers that like had no business leaving the promotion and he's definitely one of them. He yeah. should have just been there till the end. Like new Jack was and Mikey Whipwreck, those guys like. Uh, didn't Whipwrecks, didn't he sign with WCW though? Oh yeah, oh, he wait. did. I think he did. Yeah. And then he, cause I think he come back and he was with Tajiri and which is one of the most underrated teams of all time uh mm. they were with the sinister minister and mikey whipwreck into ga was one of probably the funniest damn tag teams of all oh time. i i loved whipwreck and tajiri i loved and tajiri is one of my favorite ecw wrestlers of all time i fucking love oh, that yeah. dude um but yeah those are the only facts i have there really wasn't a lot to uh find out so uh that category is kind of limited um couple of awards here before we wrap things up uh jason suggested this award uh what was the most extreme moment of ecw's heat wave 98 chad i'll begin with you my stream one was when uh tanaka put uh off into the table over the top rope running powerbomb over the top rope yeah. Yeah. Couldn't go wrong with that one. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, that one was pretty good. Uh, Jason, what, what's your uh, nominee? That's mine as well. And I just want to um, add something to that is when he threw him over the top rope and through that table, it was a concrete floor, there were no pads. No, and, that's right on that. And I mean, he hit head first. And oh, God, like, all I could get, I kept thinking, like, there's no way he didn't break his neck. I mean, 320 pounds coming down on your head on a concrete floor. Mm-hmm. And, just think, and just think about it. He look at all the chair shots he took after he got powerbombed onto that table. He took two more chair shots, but you know the man had to have a huge concussion afterwards. Ah, they didn't give a fuck about concussions in 1998 professional wrestling. Uh, Mike Awesome, he was on his way to being the fat chick thriller. Oh, talk about guys that were underutilized, man. Yeah. That guy should have been a fucking huge star in WCW, yep. and they just fucking shit the bed with him, too. 
Or look who you have running it. Well, I think that was uh, Russo was running the show by the time Mike Awesome joined WCW. It's yeah, like I, I said, look who's, who's running the show. Yeah. Uh, don't get me started on Vince Russo. Save that for another episode. Uh, my nominee, I mean, yeah, a couple spots from the Masato Tanaka Mike Awesome match. Uh, just for the sake of originality, the Dudley Boys promo in the beginning of the show, or the the beginning of the main event, uh, like I said, is a prelude to things to come. Uh, that tag team was probably top three in terms of j- being able to generate heat. Like to get a crowd to hate them simply for so them much. just walking down to the ring. The Dudley boys were it. I'd put them I on mean, par with like even, 80s Piper. Yeah, I mean, they didn't even come out to any music. They just walked down to the ring. Mm-hmm. And the crowd was like hostile. I mean, you know, what do you what do you have to do to piss a crowd off so bad that just the sight of you walking to the ring pisses them off? <laughs> well, I think challenging anybody in the crowd to a fight would probably. <laughs> yeah, do. I thought that dude was seriously going to fucking like they're going to have to kick him out. Well, then, like, he went on the, yeah, like you said, yeah, he went on the, he fine-tuned it a year later, but, yeah, like, in 99, they were going to fucking, that fat dude was going to come out and. Oh, my God. I really thought there was going to be a riot. And, because I, <laughs> I was at 99, and he comes out there and just starts berating the crowd, and then there's some fat guy in the front row. And he's like, come on, fat boy. <laughs> and like the guy, you can see he wanted to come. And he's like, you won't come to us. We'll come to you. And I was like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. Yeah. And the guy sitting in front of me had his two young kids. And he looks around. He's like, and he just looks at me. He says, is this normal for this show? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, this isn't WWE, sir. Yeah. Um, I'll give it to you, uh, the powerbomb spot in uh, the Tanaka awesome match just because like that first off, like seeing like it should have been the other way around. Yeah. But to see Tanaka do it, uh, and then that, that power bomb looked pretty ugly too. I would give it to that one. Yeah. So the most extreme moment of the night's the Mike awesome getting power bombed by Masato Tanaka onto a table over the top rope. But there's some. I even like the spot where Tanaka goes to the end of the ramp with the chair and gets a full head of steam and just fucking clocks Mike Awesome with the chair. I, I love that spot too. I popped a little bit for it when I was watching that match last night. Which I find now, I can really tell I'm starting to become like I am almost to the back, the back nine of life because it took me three days to watch ECW Heatwave '98. Three days. I started on Monday. I was like, I can get through most of this. And then I woke up, and fun fact, I woke up the first night, and it was playing Heat Wave 99. So I, I slept through quite a bit of it. Then I 
played it again, and then I like, fuck it, I gotta shut this off before I fall asleep. Yeah, I finally finished it last night. It's like a marathon, man. It's like if I don't watch it live, it's it's a fucking chore. Um, <laughs> the uh, match of the night, I think it's pretty unanimous just from uh, the star ratings that we give each of the matches. I think we're going with Tanaka and Mike Awesome's the match of the night. Yeah, definitely. Chad, you agree with that one? True. Match of the night. True. Yeah, yeah it was. All right. Um. The I don't have any more awards, but I do always end the show with a question to wrap a pretty bow on this uh, episode. Do you guys think that this is the greatest ECW pay-per-view of all time? I know when it first, uh, shortly after the show had aired, most people were saying that it was, and even up until uh, ECW ended their initial run, they shut the doors before they did the the one night stand. People considered this the greatest of all time, and now it seems like in later years a lot of people, per usual, like to shit on it for one reason or another. I, th- I think it's simply because they got so much praise back when it first aired. But if you discount the WWE ECW, just ECW from. 90 was at 94. Yeah, 94 till when did it end? 2000? 2001. 2001. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, January 2001. Uh, is this the greatest ECW pay per view of all time to uh, you gentlemen? Yeah. Jason? Yeah. I mean, I, I would go that way. I mean, and, you know, I'll say this. The heat wave pay-per-views, I mean, I know November to remember was their their big show every year, but heat wave 98, 99, and 2000, all three of those shows had, I mean, they were, they just seemed like they were on kind of another level. And I would suggest watching those to kind of get a feel of what ECW was really like. Um, you know, this pay-per-view top to bottom was, was the best of the three, but I mean, even if you go to 99, you get to see the, the vulgarity of the Dudley boys and you get a really good Taz versus Tajiri match. And then you get into the almost the end of ECW with uh, 2000 and they have the incident with XPW. And I mean, it's just those, the, the heat waves, I just think kind of stood above the other, the other shows. And that's probably where, I mean, you're getting a little bit of everything. By, by watching them and, and you get a good idea of what ECW was all about. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think it's just uh, pretty much top to bottom. There's not a bad match on this card, which ECW is always notorious for. Like you would get one or two absolute classics. Yeah. But then you'd also get some fucking turds. Yeah. 
in their pay-per-views yeah. and it always seemed to be uneven but this one seemed to be put like even the the match order was pretty good which that seemed to be sometimes ECW struggled with they'd have like too many good matches at like in a row and then you'd have to suffer through uh like a lot of the the bad stuff right in a row and it kind of bogged the show down but yeah I think even the way the match card was constructed it's you had a banger of an opener you got a little bit of the hardcore stuff. You got the high spots. Uh, you got a little bit of uh, the Matt wrestling with Candido and Storm. And you got to end the show, the anarchy of the Dudleyville street fight. Yeah, I would say that this is the best one. The only one I could think of that would be close to this would be, what was that? I'm trying to think of the one that had had Jerry Lynn and RVD. And then I think it had the Taz and Sabu rematch. Is that living dangerously? Like, is it 99? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 99. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that is living dangerously 99. Just on the strength of those two matches alone. Um, And then, yeah, not counting the... If you throw the WWE ones in, I think, obviously, the first one-night stand would be... That was that's that's probably one of the top five or six best pay per views of all time. Period. Yeah, that was that was classic. But um, yeah, uh, great show to revisit. Like I said, uh, you can uh, watch ECW Heat Wave '98 on Peacock. Uh, it's about two hour, two and a half hours, two hours and forty minutes, something like that. So. A little bit shorter than you're accustomed to. Um, before we go, you gentlemen have anything you want to add? I am good, my friend. It was an enjoyable show. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, chat. Hopefully next time we get a little bit more out of you. Uh, just remember, this is just a conversation amongst friends and a worldwide audience. So, I know. So, yeah. Next time, yeah, feel free. I- just let it rip. We want to get we want to get uh, fr- old frisky Chad. That's our, that's America's Chad's frisky Chad. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fun having you guys on. I thought you guys would be uh, pretty good uh, judges of uh, this pay per view since uh, we were all big ECW fans, and since Chad and I got to see it live, first time I'd got to see ECW live, and that was quite an experience to say the least. So. Uh, yeah, fun show. Definitely check it out if you're a wrestling fan. And uh, I'd always say it's a good way to start uh, your deep dive into ECW. As a matter of fact, uh, Will, who's uh, on the show a lot when we do wrestling episodes, he's never watched ECW. And that was the, wow. first, that was the first thing I recommended to him to watch was uh, Heat Wave 98. Yeah, just... <sighs> Yeah, you need to watch ECW. Just you never knew what you were going to see. Well, and I mean, there was just a lot of guys that you didn't realize come up through ECW, and they have a lot of really classic matches and storylines. And I, I have always said that I think ECW save the WWE because they essentially took the formula of ECW and fine tuned it and presented it to a mass audience 
And I think yeah. when they did that, I don't want to hear like this was Vin- like Vince McMahon stole the concept of ECW and turned it into the Attitude Era. That's I've always felt that way, and I think ECW their blueprint uh, saved the WWE. And I think that's why Vince took care of Paul and the end of ECW. Yeah. Was, to this day. I mean, yeah, it's he. I mean, if they would have kept with the same formula they were going, I didn't see them going much longer. But Paul had the right idea. It's just Vince had the money to execute it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fun show. We'll have to do this again. Hopefully I can come up with a formula, uh, to kind of break the show down a little bit better, but, uh, yeah, it was fun guys. Um, before we go, uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We're on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck Elon Musk is calling it this week. Uh, you can shoot us an email at the couch potato podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us your thoughts, your show ideas. Let me know how I'm doing. Let us know how much the show sucks. Whatever is on your mind, send it our way. I'll be sure to answer those questions. If you dig what we're doing here at the show, please, please give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. We do appreciate that, and it helps uh, get our show a little bit more recognition in those search results. So until next week, we will talk to you guys later.